Welcome to At WCSU, the award-winning podcast that brings you all the news you need to enjoy and understand Western Connecticut State University. I'm Paul Steinmetz with Pete Puccio, and we are getting ready for the beginning of the fall semester, believe it or not. That day in March when we all went home to learn online doesn't seem that long ago, probably because we've been scrambling since then to decide how the next phase is going to happen. Students have to figure out whether to come to campus, professors are educating themselves on effective online teaching, the facilities staffed as clean us all up, and administrators and staff are hoping to God it all works. Today, we will talk to one of our deans, Dr. Michelle Brown, who runs the Macrocosta School of Arts and Sciences. She will tell us how she spent her summer vacation. And for the moment, Pete and I are still podcasting out of our bedrooms, and Dr. Brown is somewhere out there in the wilderness, and that's what it will sound like from time to time in this podcast. We're getting closer and closer to high fidelity, but the dogs still occasionally bark in the background, and sometimes the kids run into the room because they can't wipe their noses on their own. Noses. <laughs> You'll hear it all. <laughs> You'll hear all of that. But if you're willing to put up with it, here is Dr. Michelle Brown. Well, Dr. Brown, not only have you been preparing for a new semester that will be like no other, we just endured Tropical Storm ICIS. <laughs> I know I was out of power for 30 hours and it was hell. Did you fare better? No, 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 no. We were without power for over a week. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, we had a, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, I think my kids missed the internet more than, uh, more than anything else. But, uh, uh, but we're back online now and, and really happy about it. Nobody could bother you for two weeks, for nine days, right? <laughs> it was nine days, right. Nobody could find me. I couldn't read email. It was actually kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll cure that now. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just about ready to start the infamous fall semester. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been working since... I don't know, last semester, trying to figure out what this is going to look like and how we're going to be successful in it, all our students, our professors, the administration, and get everybody through to, uh, uh, what do we call it, winter break. <laughs> yes. So what are your thoughts right uh, now uh, as we are very close to having uh, students return to our residence halls? Well, that's a great question, and I wish that I had a perfectly formed, accurate, forward-looking answer, but I, I don't. Um, and that's because we really don't know what's going to happen with this virus. I, I think that the, uh, the path that it takes changes for, uh, across the nation and across the world every day or so. And so we go from being concerned about certain geographic hotspots to different geographic hotspots a few days later. I'm, I'm very happy that Connecticut has been faring so well overall in comparison to uh, the nation and our Northeast corridor is doing pretty well. Um, I think our, our state's banding together and working together has been useful. So I have high hopes for 
our ability to try to be safe for our students when they're coming back and for those that are looking for some on-campus experience where we've been working really hard to be able to, to, um, to give them some semblance of that, but it's not going to be the same as it was last fall. We just, mm -hmm. we just can't do that safely. And so because we can't have everyone here uh, safely, we're, we've got um, a limited capacity, but we've been building screens in front of reception desks, and we've got WCSU-branded masks that we're handing out, and um, there are, um, uh, we call it squirt at my house, but... Um, huh antibacterial um, squirt stations all over campus. Um, and so, um, and I've been working really hard with all of my department chairs and the other deans and uh, with the provost to try to mount a fall schedule that has some elements of online for those students that really want it and for those particular kinds of courses that need it. And as well as on, um, online um, opportunities for students and faculty and courses that um, feel safer being offered in that way. Um, but I have to tell you, Paul, it's been a it's been a shifting terrain mm. since probably March when this all started and we had to shut down the campus when the pandemic really became a problem. And that's when we really started looking at this fall schedule and I would say we've been working on it ever since mm -hmm. because as new information about the virus and um, how to um, how to work around it really uh, has emerged each of those sort of new pieces of public health information has required us to adjust what the schedule is going to look like going forward so yeah yeah, so I really, if I had a crystal ball, it would be big fat crack in it. It would be broken. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still going to be better than telling students, hey, just don't show up for next semester, right? Uh, we're closed down. No, right, right. And I think that's the fear, right? I think a lot of students who uh, feel that they were robbed of their high school graduations yeah. are thinking, okay, well, all right, maybe at least I'll get to go and live at my college or university and have that experience. And I think that they would be really devastated if we weren't able to, to, to give them something, even, even altered, um, some kind of a university experience. And at this point, those students know that it's not going to be the same thing that, that they would have had last year or two years ago. Um, but at the same time, you know, because we cannot predict the path of this virus so much, we also have to be prepared to turn on a dime. Mm -hmm. So if we end up having, um, uh, you know, infections on campus and need to uh, and find that we just can't sustain the, um, the safety levels that we want, we'll have to convert to, to fully online. And I also imagine if that happens, we will not be the only institution no. doing that. <laughs> so everyone will be doing it, and and it will be the safe and correct thing to do if that does happen. Mm -hmm. 
it must uh, it must be more difficult for you as the dean, the administrator of the Macrocasa School of Arts and Sciences, to work with your professors and students that want to talk to you. And and how do you do that? Is there a lot of video meetings, or are you trying to um, get face to face, or how does that work? Well, it's kind of a mix of all of those, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, of course. Being uh, since we're all working remotely since March, the email has ticked up considerably. Uh, but one thing I have been doing is holding uh, weekly office hours with my chairs uh, mm. so that my department chairs can just very much like any professor has for their students. Um, I have um, a, an online chat room and or video chat room and Every week, my um, assistant tells all of the department chairs, okay, don't forget, tomorrow is Dean Brown's chair office hours, and they know they can come in for that time and just talk with me about anything they want, no appointment necessary. And it actually has gotten really, really popular. Mm. Um, and, in fact, I've had a couple of times where two or three folks will be in here, so it'll look like the Brady Bunch screen on my, <laughs> on my screen. I'm talking to this one and this one's kind of, but it's also useful because even though I might be talking to um, the psychology department chair about a question that he has, you know, I've got the English department chair and the history department chair kind of waiting their turn, but usually they all have similar questions. So those two who are waiting can go, Oh, okay. That's how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, and once in a while, I'll have somebody poke in and go, oh, the line looks too long. I'll come back later <laughs> and then go back out. <laughs> you do have a lot of department chairs. I do. I have 13 departments. We're the largest school on campus. And um, they, they span all the way from sciences, all, all of the STEM departments, through the humanities, and then the social sciences like political science and anthropology. So I've got all of it. Do you want to name any of the chairs who have not shown up at all for your uh, office hours? No, I do not. (laughs) (laughs) We'll come back to that later. They've probably all popped in at one point or another. (laughs) Uh um, And how about students? Are they reaching out to you, too, as somebody They they know? They are. Um, I mean, one thing I I find is that um, I believe that if students can connect with one, what I call adult on campus, because I know our students are technically adults. They're they're driving their own education. They got here, um, and so I'm using air quotes around the word adult. But um, if they can connect with one adult where they feel like that's a person that they can ask questions of, who's not going to judge them and who they feel is going to be friendly and happy to see them, then I think that helps them feel that they belong, and I think it helps them stay and mm-hmm. succeed. And so for some, for some students who reach out to me with just routine questions, I end up becoming that person for them. So mm-hmm. um, some, some questions um, I'll answer individually or some, I might need to just refer them to their department chair or something like that. But I always do it as graciously as possible because I never know if they're going to come back and need me for something else later. Sure. So, yeah. And 
<laughs> remember we you and I have talked about that and that you benefited from that when you were in a, in uh, going to school too. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, my parents didn't go to college, so I didn't know who to talk to. So right. I needed to find someone to sort of help me navigate university life. And that's the same for a lot of our students, too. Yeah. Plus, you were down south. So insert southern joke here and, uh, you know, take it from there. Bless my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd do that. <laughs> I aim to please. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, uh, so are you looking forward to this uh, first day of uh, classes now and everybody's um, at least engaged in some way? There won't be as many students and people walking around the quad, but they'll be tuning into their classes and trying to figure things out. And there'll be that excitement, I imagine. Just I think there will yeah, I think there's going to be excitement on campus, and I I am looking forward to experiencing that energy. It's one of the things I love about, uh, you know, being a dean. But um, at the same time, I think that I, I just don't really know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, uh, I'm interested to see what that's going to be. Uh, because, I mean, I can, I can reel off the fact that we've got masks and we've got signs in the hallways and the squirt containers and mm -hmm. everywhere and, uh, you know, and the six feet, everybody kind of knows what some of those protocols are by this point. So I can reel off all of that stuff, like all of those particulars, but that doesn't tell us what it's actually going to look like when we're walking around and how many people are going to be in the hallways. And um, is it going to feel are we going to feel that energy or is it going to feel um, um, like there's less of a community? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, and um, so we're doing everything we can to try to foster that sense of community, but it's difficult to do when you're distanced, you know, mm -hmm. you've seen these pictures in the news or seen these videos of, um, or on social media where the seats are far apart or you see the, um, and so I think sometimes when those pictures are cropped so close and you see four people sitting, you know, in this gigantic square, it looks isolationist. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we can all have a sense of we're in this together and we're figuring it out as we go along, then I think that we can, maintain that sense of community and mutual support while still being safe and not breathing on each other. <laughs> right. That's great advice. I think it um, gives me a lot of hope for the new semester. We'll see. I hope so. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining with us today. I appreciate it. Giving us all that um, guidance. Well, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Paul. Um, we'll call you back too alright I look forward to it take care thank you so um, Pete I understand that another podcast here at WestCon not as good as ours hasn't won any <laughs> awards yet but they've been around for a while what do we call it 
Yeah, Gab and Grow, uh, which is hosted by Mary oh, Beth Griffin Grow, from right. uh, Housing. Yes, she does a great job. And she had some guests on to talk about the opening of the new semester, too, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it comes out in the same feed. So if you guys are subscribed to this one, you should have gotten that episode. And, uh, you know, if you didn't check it out, you probably should because it's got a ton of really good information about the uh, facility side of things. She had Pano Kukopoulos and Dave Serino from uh, Facilities and Emergency Management um, to talk about what, what they've done and what they're continuing to do to keep everybody safe and, and what you can be on the lookout for when you come back to campus in the next uh, couple weeks. So you and I should listen to that too. Well, I already did, but yeah, you should. Oh, you were there, yeah. I was. <laughs> I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will listen to it. I'll quiz you next time. And uh, you know what? Quiz me. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Because that's what we do now. We learn and talk about how to uh, conduct ourselves when we come back to campus. Yeah, and we're all figuring it out together. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm I'm back on campus more and more lately. I've been there a couple days this week and still don't see any human beings, but uh, <laughs> I know they're out there. Yeah. And pretty soon we'll be recording back in the uh, new control room. Yeah, the studio, hopefully the studio will be finished uh, in the next couple of weeks, if not a month or two. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll have a big inaugural episode. <laughs> then the only crying and whining you'll hear is from you and me and uh, Scott Bolt. Yeah, yeah, he'll come running into the room with needs help wiping his nose and. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have a have a box of Kleenex there. I'm not going to wipe his nose for him. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next week, too, just for one last roundup before the semester starts. And then, of course, we're starting our regular semester-wide podcast to let you know how it's all going. We'll be bringing in students and faculty and administrators and people outside the university to talk about what's happening, not just about COVID and how to cope, but you know, the fun things that are happening or whatever else you need to know, right? Yeah. Everything in and around West Coast. Exactly. How to live. There you go. So for at WCSU and Pete Puccio, I'm Paul Steinmetz. We'll see you next week. At WCSU is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media and on the university's Facebook and Twitter pages. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at WCSU.edu. Thanks for listening.